Welcome to the panel discussion, guys. We're back. Week three. I am Matt Johnson. I'm Greg Knowlton. And I'm Chris Gello. And, yeah, this is our squad. This is our team. We uh, we take and review and grade old comics and new comics. And one fan choice every week. Uh, if you haven't caught one of any of our episodes yet, we grade it uh, based on five. Five. Uh, hey, what's the word for it, I guess? Criteria. Criteria. Yes. Um, art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. And we combine that score. Um, they're all out of 10. We combine that score for its overall grade, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it's a super simple, super fun way to get everybody to open up their, open up their horizons, so to speak, of comic books. I've, I went to the comic book store the other day and I picked up so many different books, real strange ones, like ones that I want to cover on here, but I feel like we're so limit, like we're not limited because we do cover. I take a bunch. some of those Moon Knights off your hand too. Yeah, dude, they're in those boxes. We'll take a look at it oh, after yeah. the show. It's like Christmas tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, like that O.J. Simpson book. That's the coolest thing I've ever. That seen. was really neat. It was a. It was he said she said comics, and it was a two sided uh, comic book. Um, one side was the, the for the prosecution of O.J. Simpson. And one side of the book was for the defense of O.J. Simpson. And apparently they've done a bunch of these, and there's a whole wow series of it. And I thought, of, wow, that's really unique. You know, that's not something I would have bothered picking up. Um, you know, <laughs> now now I feel obligated to doing this comic book podcast. I think there was one of the mobster ones that I saw. There's I mobster think. one. There's and I want to pick that up. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head now, but I, want to pick <laughs> I would that love up. a modern take on the old fifties like noir comics and like. Oh like, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Um, but it was funny you you mentioned. Did you guys go to the, when you guys went to the comic book store this week to get your new comics? Did you see what was in the new release section? WWE Attitude, the comic. No, what? I didn't. I didn't yeah, it. yeah, it had Steve Austin on it. I didn't even read it to look at it because, like, um, Pulp 716 was literally closing in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, really? <laughs> and I was, I like, in a rush. It was in the bottom row of their new releases when uh, I picked up okay. As Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Um, it, 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 it was very interesting. We may have to do it for, like, a third, like. Maybe. I'm probably, probably going to pick it up next week. For your new uh, one? For your new book? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's Marvel or DC, but. That's I think okay. that's fine, though. I think Marvel, uh, I think Marvel pick has been using them for a lot of stuff. Or Positive. been their comic book producer, so to speak. Well, I know they do the Star Wars series and stuff like that, so. Yeah. And Scooby-Doo's DC now. Yeah, that's true. Switching sides and stuff. But yeah, dude, comics are awesome. Oh yeah. Like I said, I accidentally yeah. I accidentally bought 120 comic books on <laughs> Saturday. Right, was it Saturday or Sunday? Did you I get like was, a wholesale price on them or? I don't like, they were dirt cheap, dude. I mean, they were like it was like a buck a book, and like that's still not bad. And they were some good titles that I found. Like one of the books I found was one of the variation covers for that X Men one. Yeah. Um, it was the cool. Storm Storm and Beast one. I mean, I'm always hoping for the you know, I want to find that Cyclops Wolverine one because that's the one I really want to see. Um, but then they had a cover, they had a, a Venom Lethal Protector one that I grabbed. And like, wait till you see these guys. You know, I'm gonna let you guys pick them apart and uh, you know, yeah. take what you want. And there's a lot, there's I a said, lot of good stuff. I went to the shop like right after you, and they remembered you. They're like, oh, that guy who just bought a hundred <laughs> comics. Yeah, he just left. That guy's nuts. What's going on? <laughs> Call me nuts. That's I, it. I told them what was going on a little oh, bit. Okay. I told them about the. The, the podcast. Yeah. I picked up a first issue Doctor Fate 
Ooh, looked online. That's really cool. Anywhere from eight to forty dollars, so it's actually a pretty popular comic. I picked it up for a buck. I'm excited. I didn't cover it this week, but it's one I'm definitely covering down the road. It's the Return of Doctor Fate. The cover is awesome. It looks like something straight out like the Batman animated series. Okay, uh, I'm super excited to cover that one. Right. And where was this place again? So our fans. Could... Yeah, it was. What is the name of it? I don't know. I think it's just like used book outlet or something yeah. like that. Um, but if you guys are local to Western New York, it's in the Boulevard Mall. And it's in, I think it's the old Hollister yeah. store. And it's in the back section. Um, they have all their comic book, pop culture stuff really back there. Um, but they have, it's wall to wall books. And on this table in the middle of this back room, they got comics, um, all the time. And they have great deals. Yeah. All the time. Um, there's weeks, if you guys catch them on the right time, uh, 10 bucks for a dollar. Wow. That's awesome. Ten cent yeah. a comic, like come on. Probably yeah. go there tomorrow, and like I said, like I found that Doctor Fate comic. Who knows what else is in there? Yeah, I mean, there, I, I had, there was some creepy guy next to me. He was like, oh, <laughs> "You getting all the good stuff?" And I'm like, "Bro, can I just? Can I, I don't want to talk to anybody. Can I just look real quick <laughs> and be on my way?" You real quick too. I kind of talk about that. So I had two different type of comic book like uh, store experiences. Okay. Like, so when I went to Empire for, you know, to get the comics for last week's show, they were kind of like, oh, hey, hey, what do you need? Like, it was like kind of like, hey, it was very friendly, but also to like, you know, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and like Pulp 716 was like, it was like I was a ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, nobody, and, and not saying they were bad because they were servers, but it was there. And then the girl's like, is this all you want? I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> They're like that. And then the second you mention what you're doing, it's like, oh, really? Do you want – how about this? Like they're oh. very like. I mean, I was in a rush, so I will. You know, that's yeah. that was probably partially me too. But and oh yeah, if you start talking, they're really interesting. It's really. Cool. It's funny you mention that because I went yesterday to get my new book for this week, um, to House of Fantasy, and you know I walk in. Uh, here I am thinking I got this great rapport with this guy. I go, hey, I'm back, and he goes, man, hardly noticed you were gone, like in this weird like tone. <laughs> And then we're, I was talking about the podcast. He he acted because I mentioned it last week when I seen him, and he, he acted like he never heard of it. And then I, he was like, "Oh, podcast! Oh, here, this this is the new stuff." He like re-explained his his shelving system to me, um, which I thought was really you know nice, of course, but slightly funny. I find stuff like that funny, and just a bit ironic. But I, <laughs> maybe he's like ten second Tim. Like, Hi, my name's Tim. Pulp 716 is cool in the sense of, and I can see, like, too, why they're a little quieter. It is, I think there's only, like, one or two guys I've ever seen work there. It is a comic book shop run mostly by women. Okay. mostly women there all the time um, running both sides of it because, like I said, they do the food and stuff. Um, So I could see, like, with the approaching, like, too, they might be a little more laid back. It was, like, yeah, definitely the opposite of of Empire, which both have their styles and both are great stories. I'm not disparaging anybody. Oh, yeah. It's weird to get two different type of experiences. I can definitely see why Pulp 716 would be like that. But, yeah, once you start talking, it's a very interesting – like, everyone's really cool there. Yeah. Um, I think – yeah, I mean, pe- yeah, people are excited. You mentioned podcasts, and it's like it's exposure for them too, yeah. you know, because obviously we're name dropping them. I mean, not to we're not making fun of them at all, you know. It's just funny stories, but these are all we want to we want to expose like these places because, I mean, comic book shops are such a unique experience to go to. You can't and they're find rare too. Very rare. I mean, I go to I like I said I go to House of Fantasy often, and. They have these old board games on the wall, old toys from when we were growing yeah. up, um, you know, 
the all, all these old posters. This guy has in in his front glass case, he has a Maximum Carnage themed watch. Things That's cool. He sell and he's selling it for a lot of money because it's worth yeah. a lot, but it's like one hundred fifty dollars. But you know what I mean? He has all this cool stuff, old cards, statues, models. There. No. <laughs> it's no. gonna happen. I know you. I mean, you said the same thing about the hammer that you bought, the toolkit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's got a Thor-themed toolkit. I do. I do. That, awesome. I'm really jealous of that, um, actually. I will say with comic book shops, though, it's really important. Uh, I was watching a video. The numbers for the top five selling comic books only broke $200,000 in June. And that was only the top five. Nothing else broke $100,000. Really? So that's kind of crazy. If you think about in the top comic books, only the top five comic books, and they were like Superman, Batman. I'll talk a little bit more about this later because I'm really peeved about something. Okay. Um, But yeah, like the comic book sales are really low right now. So comic book yeah. shops are excited. So like if you're listening to this and you read your comics online, like sometimes <laughs> I do, go buy them. Seriously. And like even then, I still am going back and buying a lot of these because – it, it, comic books are getting canceled over sales. Yeah. And that stinks. It's horrible. It's, we it, want as many comics as possible. There's still a plethora, but read everything. And don't just read DC Marvel. Read indie. Like, this is, I'm going to say this like every con, like every podcast, pick up a comic book. Because trust me, you're going to not regret it. You're not going to regret reading a comic book. No. We're going nuts. And, and this is our third week, and Matt just bought 120 comics. I've already established a lot more of a, a collection, and Gullo's on his way to do the same. Yeah, so like, pick up a comic. Even if you want to order your comics online, pick up a comic book. Yeah, It's yeah, a weekly think, routine now for me. Like yeah. when I was a kid, like, oh, it's fr- Friday for the most part, except for, you know, we're taping this insider information on Thursday. <laughs> but Friday is going to be my comic book day, yeah. which is cool, you know. So. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah, support the local ones, too. Like, um, Definitely. like I'll go by, you know, David Adams, but they're, David Adams is such a vast... I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but they have a lot of everything. and everything. They're, they're good. The w- places that are specifically comic books... Support them. Support them with, you know, every if you, if that's where you want, you know, if you want to buy a comic book, go there, go support them. Pretty much what Greg said. Um, it is important to our culture, um, because yeah, comic book once that goes away, and you know, like I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the free online stuff. Uh, yeah, as I don't well. like it either. It's just if I absolutely need to, for especially for these fa- the fan requests, which yeah. um we'd like to thank Scott Mars for his request this week. Um. You know, the fan request, it's a little bit harder to, to instantly find a old comic. So it does help in that aspect. But for every one comic book that I read online for free, I'm spending 20 plus dollars on, on way more than that. And so. honestly, like, if, like, Midtown Comics is pretty quick. Like, if I have more than a week's notice, I'm gonna, they have such a good back issue for old comics. Like, I wanna, that's where I'm, I buy a lot of my stuff yeah. when it's harder to find back issue. Um, I found, yeah, I bought the Venom First Host yeah. one off there because uh, it's sold out everywhere. Um, they have two. Two is uh, um, just came out, I think, this week, and but one's one's gone, flew off the shelves. So I ordered it. Uh, great price, great shipping, and it's a it's a legit comic shop. Yeah. it just has a huge back issue. I forget where it's located. I think it's New York City. I could be totally wrong. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. But it's a big comic shop, but it's real. It's still a comic shop. It's still supporting a comic shop. It's not some, like, online warehouse. Right, right, right. All right. So, yeah, that's our little spiel for today. Make sure you guys support. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> well, I and mean, a comic book is the minutes. price of a beer at a bar. So, I mean, come on, guys. That I mean, is true. Not like, you know. 
Um, so yeah, it's yeah, perfect, perfect example. Um, beer or comic books, you know. <laughs> it's a tough choice for beer. some people. <laughs> one less beer, one less bad decision, <laughs> and you got a comic book that you can always keep. That is true. Beer, beer doesn't last forever. Comic books do if you take care of them. Bad decisions do, though. It, it, it was funny. <laughs> I, I was did. looking through my collection, and I forgot that I bought, like, a whole Howard the Duck run. Oh, that's, that's a whole so book. Uh, I forgot I bought it, like, last summer at Gutter Pop. So, like, I wanted to do that, read that eventually, so too. Good. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right. So, news. Go run through stuff real quick. Yeah, because did you guys see Captain Marvel pic, uh, photos for the, the set? Well, not actually not their set, their actual production yeah, photos that made E, I think, right? Yeah. Um, how cool were the scrolls? Um, they were great, and what what I, what I love about it is they were modern and not cheesy. Yeah. But they still had a '90s layer yes. to them. Yes. The, you know, like that, that was like what I I thought was brilliant, and same thing with Marvel. It it was just. I don't know. It was just something about like, okay, it doesn't look outside of the MCU, but it looks like it could fit in the 90s. Yeah. I definitely agree. It has like uh, almost the same feel like like X-Men Last Stand did where like it felt modern but old at the same time. I like, feel, it, yeah. It definitely had, especially the set pictures. It's awesome to see the Guardians of the Galaxy connections with uh, Dijman Hussan's character and Ronan the Accuser. In yeah, there. that was really nice. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with that and how like it maybe sets up some stuff later on. Like, 90s yeah. Coulson. I'm pumped 90s for 90s Coulson. Coulson and Nick Fury, too. Yeah, like, you know, I, straight we're up really fiction, get, Sam Jackson. This is going to be really good <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. history, too, I yeah. think. Like, which we, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, is trying to paint a picture of the past, but like, the one of the saddest things ever was not getting Agent Carter season three yes. to at least lead into the shield the movie would have been cool like yeah. a nice setup but yeah i mean that could have been a a black you know a black widow thing with agent of shield that could have been an interesting way of they still have a, a chance at a or still a conversation about a black apparently widow. it's got the green light but i don't yeah. think it'll be shield i think it'll be current could time you imagine yeah. a guy richie shield movie <laughs> yeah think about that for a minute like spy I'm a guy Richie. i'm spy, all about it the, i'm all about yeah. it i would like that i would like that um, but yeah, it made me excited. Um, actually, before you guys came here, I was watching. I watched the end of Infinity War again, um, just the end, because like I'm super excited. And it's September now. If everything goes the way it did last year, we're two months away from Avengers Four trailer. I hope so. And I'm bringing out the gauntlet again. There's, <laughs> there's been so many spoilers at this point. I feel like like the Avengers Four trailers have got to be coming because they've said like, okay, these people are alive. This is happening. Yeah, you know, what? you've had a little bit more with the Spider-Man movie confirm confirmation. So I, it's it, they've got to release something at this point. They've, they're teasing us. When no, do we I, get the Captain Marvel trailer? Do you think October? We got the first set photos. What, it what? should be coming soon. Cause it comes out in February. I yeah, want to say. So we would have to. Get that, that should have been here by now. Is there another big event they're holding out for? Maybe. Oops. Oh, um, not for. I mean. There's no more cons. Well, they might they might drop it at, at New York City. When New York is City that? Comic Con. Oh, Tyler, yeah. our buddy Tyler's supposed to go to that. He's New York City Comic Con's really huge. That's this month. That's in a week or so. That's a huge DC though, a Marvel TV. But that's a big TV con. Well, they, they could, might yeah. still. Yeah, who knows? They may. I'm because I, I remember they. I forget they dropped the. I remember they dropped an Infinity War trailer. When Inhumans came out last September, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really no Marvel. I mean, they're not going to do it for Iron Fist because it's Netflix. Yeah. So they might do it. So I feel like New York City Comic Con might be the place to do it, just because there. I feel like there's a lot of DC news being 
talked about, so it might be a good time. There is. But... And you know what? I don't think they're going to do a special release Avengers trailer again because of what happened last year. Yeah. You know, it got out, and they're just like, all right, fine. Here. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you guys get, this poor quality camera video. That's what yeah. you guys get. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, what else went on? We had, oh, Spider-Man, the PS4 game came out, or PS4, I think. Is it? No, it's just PS4. PS4. I want to buy one again. I've had two PS4s now. I want to buy it for the third time just That's for right. Spider-Man. If, if and when I get it, I'll let you come over and play it. All right. I'm all about it. you got to take turns. Oh. <laughs> like yeah. old GTA when you get wasted, pass out the controller. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exciting. That's People have been waiting for a really good Spider-Man game for a the while. The custom PlayStation just looks so great. Yeah. And the trailer for the video game was so cool. And then at the end, it's like clearly Miles like smiling at seeing Peter Parker. Which I'm all about. Yeah. I'm so um, excited. Um, what else? Anything else? Um, Yeah, actually... Joker movie news came out. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were talking about how there is going to be an older Batman. So people are pushing for Keaton to oh. be. Oh, my God. I would yeah. love him to return. Yeah. This is going to be interesting because it's Todd Phillips doing it. Doesn't do a lot of drama. Right. Phoenix, right? Um, well, Quan Phoenix. Yep. Yeah, Quan Phoenix. And it. I'm all I like. I don't hate that Joker casting. I'm I not think this sure is going to be a, a killing joke. Esque. I don't see. My thing is this, and this is why people knock DC in the movies at least, is because there's no consistency. No, but and at this point, you're not going to get after. No, you got to take what you can get. I'm, I'm not even speaking about that, but as far as their the Joker, Jokers. like they put the. I felt like with Suicide Squad, they were putting all their money behind Jared Leto, and now are. Like, what are they going to do? Is Jared Leto going to still be Joker with the Suicide Squad? This might be multiverse playing in. Like, DC might just go, you know what, we're going to have a TV multiverse as well. Or, sorry, uh, film multiverse as well and just let this be another story. Because that's what, honestly, DC, the continuity is cool and all, but the multiverse is what makes it. Yes. (laughs) So, I think... just they don't all need to be connected. I think they're, that's where they fall short is they think about having to be connected so much that they don't need to be. Right. Do a couple different stories. Tell me Flashpoint. Tell me something else all the way on the other side. I don't mind. I would love to see all the different versions of all the different heroes on 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 film. That would be cool. Why I mean, not? Well, Even, yeah. If it's <laughs> yeah, if it's not just here's this summer blockbuster like Batman Noir. Yeah. Like you said, you know, t- tell a Flashpoint. Uh, do it. Uh, escape from Supermax Green Arrow story. Just do different stories. Why not? You um, don't need to do. I don't think. I think at this point, the the team up movie ship has sailed for DC. Oh, they need yeah. to do something different and stand out. Yeah, because I think Justice League Two got pushed off or delayed. Um, which yeah. I think they're they're gonna give everybody their solo movies, which we have Aquaman yeah. coming up this year. Um, Wonder Woman two is next year, yeah, and Flashpoint's next year. Too. Okay, so I still gotta wait till twenty twenty for the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> I don't know if I can wait that long. I because I, I really like Green Lantern, and not that movie, not that first. The they, movie that they, came they, out. they better they better lock down Idris Elba because they know they really want for him. Stewart. Yeah, for Stewart. I think but, Jordan needs to be the lead man. Though. James Bond. He's yeah, Stewart. That's probably not happening. Jordan needs to be the main man though. No, I, I do like the team-up idea, and I wouldn't even mind a young Kyle Rayner. Yes. Ooh. Like, if you did those three, and then I forget her name. I'd rather Gardner first. Gardner, yeah. I'm a big Gardner. Not, not huge. I just I'm haven't a read a lot. <laughs> so good. I'm a big Gardner, Mark. <laughs> Who's the first guy? I forget. Uh, the first Alan name. Scott. Alan Scott. Yeah. He was like, but it wasn't even the Green Lantern Corps. He, like, took his ring off. Sad we didn't get him on Legends of Tomorrow. I'm like, oh, give us a Lantern. <laughs> well, he's still a possibility. Yeah, still a possibility. But 
Um, and I, I think the only other thing was too, there was this venom, like, hour rumb- with no comic book talk. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there was this venom rumblings, uh, that carnage is confirmed. Yeah. But how he comes, it's still up in the air. People think that riot's going to turn into carnage. Like that's, I hope not. That's, I that's hope it's big just the end of the movie, like quick scene. Like they kind of did, um, when, they're planning three movies. Yeah. When they were doing yeah. like amazing Spider-Man, they did that, that goblin, Tease. I kind of hope that's all it is. Maybe you get a glimpse of. I hope like, it's not like amazing Spider. Yeah. I, I was thinking about Gosh, this today no. about how I would end the Venom movie. And I would. This is comic book talk. Suck it up. <laughs> Settle in. Um, Eddie Brock gets arrested at the end of Venom, and that's we do it. You do it the traditional way that Carnage was introduced. Have a little scene. Eddie Brock in prison, and you get Cletus Cassidy. I'm all about that. That, I think that's the best way to end it. Yeah. To, yeah. to do, to do the fan, give the, that fan service, so to speak. And um, let Eddie Brock not end a full on hero. Yeah. I, I'm all about that. I, I think it's great. You know what I mean? Obviously we're not going to get Spider-Man right away and it's not going to happen traditionally like that. But if you give people that scene to hang on to till the next movie comes out, Eddie Brock and Cletus Cassidy in prison, Eddie's separated from the symbiote somehow. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's the best way to end it. Yeah. Personally. Just say something like, you know, oh. yeah. Like, like maybe it. Eddie, maybe Eddie Brock, you know, cause he the, love doing like pushups, working out in his prison cell, have him doing like, like a workout routine in prison. Then here, here, whoever plays Cletus Cassidy. Creepy Cletus. Yeah. I'm like, doesn't always pay to be the hero. Yeah. You know? Something like something creepy like that. Yeah. I would, I would really enjoy that. It'd be a great yeah, finish. I'm, I'm for it. Um, I guess we could talk comics, huh? huh? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, these are not? all inspired by comics. So. It is. No, it all qualifies as comic book talk. I am really excited for what I read this week, though. I, you know what? There was a lot of good and a lot of bad. Oh, um, so much good. I, I would agree. I would agree. I had what, so much good, just one really depressing thing. I, uh, I have like almost reverse of last week where I was in love with the new comic and the older comic, and I have a vice versa. Okay. Um, so who wants to start? Who wants to start? We're doing the old one, and for those new listeners, the old one is um, pretty much that's older than a month. Um, you can use uh, for this one. Our new comic books are only a month old, uh, no more than that. Um, but our older one is always a fun one because there's a huge, wide variety of stuff to use. So, yeah, I'm looking up the year of mine real quick. Okay, I can uh, if you want me to start. Yeah, go, go ahead, bud. All right, so for my older comic, I picked. Uh, the Incredible Hercules versus The Amazing Spider-Man. It was Assault on Olympus, Marvel 1. So it was basically a tie-in comic for the uh, Incredible Hercules series. Okay. And they have a brief Agents of Atlas uh, uh, comic in the back, too, which they said would continue in the next Incredible Hercules. So it seems like it's like a, a Spawn series on that. Oh. Um, this comic was a lot of fun. Uh, give you a backstory of what it is. Um, it. Uh, it's following Hercules and Amadeus Cho, and they've had a kind of a falling out. And it starts, it kind of starts with how like Olympus was under attack um, from. Yeah, I got to get the name because it was very hard to pronounce. But it was <laughs> like this, this like J- Japanese creature, Amotsi Mugaboshi. Oh wow! Uh, yes, that's but an it, awful. It, yeah. Um, very hard to pronounce, but starts with that how Olympus was taken down. They they kill well they got rid of the creature and kill him, uh, but Olympus lost a lot of stuff and and it was basically in you know disarray. So now 
we're on Earth, you know, Planet Six. I'm pretty sure Six is Six. We're on Earth, or Six One Six. We're on Earth, and it starts with where, um, where Hella is running something called the Olympus Group. It's where Hella is uh, running something called the Olympus Group. That's where the comic starts after that opening scene with uh, um, Olympus falling. And she's partnered up with Norman Osborn. Ooh. And it's like running a financial company, but the board meeting picture is hilarious because it's just all these villains <laughs> just, like, <laughs> sitting at the board meeting. While this is happening, um, Athena is like, okay, something's going on here. And she's hanging out with Amadeus Cho. And she's like, you know, we have to – you know, defeat this, you know. Um, so what they do is they go to Aphrodite for help. And Aphrodite, like, is just, like, hanging out in a bikini with two dudes, <laughs> feathered her down. Like, yeah. I gotta um, go to the bathroom. No. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing about that. So she's going oh, back no. and forth. She's going back and forth with Athena. They're calling Athena frumpy in the Senate. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not helping you defeat Hela. I don't care. You know, whatever. And then, and she goes, let's go. And Amadeus shows like, you sure we can't stay a little bit? Like, oh my God. You know, like, just, just keep staring at <laughs> he's, it. He's like 18 or 19. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah he's, he, well, his parents just both died in this too. So that, that's kind of the, that's good. I didn't give the background story. They were, you know, Hurkin, they have this whole cool thing. What, what you should know. Um, Herc and Joe were good friends, but they had a fight. Herc doesn't know why. Um, you know, Cho's parents were killed instead of him. They meant to kill him. Yeah. This is going to tie in a little bit. Zeus is dead. Zeus died in that Olympus, but he comes back as a child. Oh, and that's that, that seems like a reoccurring thing in comic books. Yeah, the, and and the, both my comics have that this this um, week. That's incredible. The, the child coming back. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I said, Cho's hanging out with Athena, and then you know, uh, Hera. I keep saying Hela. Hera. Why I say Hela? Big difference. Hera, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Hera. <laughs> Um, she's basically running, you know, uh, you know, she's running the Olympus group. I just want to make sure I have that correctly there. Cause I just know. <laughs> Not I, Kate Blanchett. It's Hera. <laughs> yes. I was like, Not well, yeah, I read it from all fairness as guardians of the galaxy was my other <laughs> So anyways, make a long story short. I got to sum this up here. Um, uh, Hera is having these visions. And that the world is coming to an end and it's going to be this, you know, Maboshi. And so she's like, and they they want to use it to her advantage. She's like, oh, time to call Norman Osborn. Like she wants to unleash this. Right. To make Earth fall, just like Olympus did. Um, while this is going on, we get a nice little back and forth with, uh, with Cho, um, and, you know, and Athena. And they find they see a TV show with Hebe, where Hebe is like working at a soup kitchen, and the soup kitchen is like super popular. People keep coming, and like Aunt May runs the soup kitchen. So, like, so <laughs> oh, Hebe, I like that. While this is happening, we finally get our first shot of Hercules, uh, because Athena is basically trying to get a team together. She calls in over at the Avengers mansion. You got Jocasta there for a brief moment, um, having a nice little back and forth with Hercules and baby Zeus. Well, not baby. I guess he's child Zeus. Toddler. He's like, he's like nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toddler Zeus. And there's, he's making fun of like, Jocasta, why are you naked? Like, <laughs> like just cool little back and forth with that. Um, and then we have, uh, we have some of the, uh, Quicksilver. Um, it looks like, uh, 
I believe U.S. Agent, which I thought was a weird one. Oh, oh that's yeah. Nice. That's uh, interesting. yeah. A, c- a couple of those guys show up there. Um, and they're basically kind of telling Hercules they're not going to help him. You know, uh, kind of giving him stuff. While this is going on, Hebe goes on a date with Peter Parker. Because, uh, Aunt May sets up and Hebe's basically complaining about her marriage to Hercules. Like, it's terrible and this oh, and that. Oh boy. <laughs> And she's explaining the whole thing and all that. So they kiss. As soon as they kiss, Hercules walks in. <laughs> and Poor Peter he Parker. just throws Peter Parker across the room. <laughs> just And then he's like, why would you do that? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. While this is happening, he shows up at Spider-Man. We get a real decent scene. Nothing crazy because they are, you know, the Spider-Man's trying to calm him down. It's like one of those things. They're basically trying to avoid his attacks. So we get a nice little back and forth with them. And then Hebe basically just hits him because what are you doing, you idiot? So they're making up. While they're making up, Spider-Man's basically trapped between all these cars. He's like, can somebody help me lift those? Uh, like, I love that panel. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, while they're just like having this. It's a typical like like girl with a guy just to make her boyfriend jealous. Yeah. But they make up with this guy just sitting there aloof <laughs> in oh. the wind. It was, it was funny. He's like, yeah. When he's on the date with Hebe, Aunt May goes, yeah, she wants to be with anybody as long as they don't have red hair. <laughs> and I found, <laughs> I, I found that pretty funny. While this is happening, Hera is, rele- uh, is going to relinquish something called Continuum, which I believe, from what I get, is what's going to release this dark creature and help her and Norman Osborn. Big ominous, ominous plan word. Run the world. <laughs> um, you know, and, and they talk about how we went through the Bronze Age where they showed Hercules. Then the Iron Age, and they show Captain America and Namor, and then they cool. said, you know, and um, and now it's time for the fourth extinction. And she has these weird like guys at flutes that basically mind control all these like businessmen. Hmm. It's that's a little like weird. Pied Piper gimmick. Yeah, where they're basically Pied Piper type stuff. While like this it. is happening, Athena's trying to assemble a team, but their team right now is Athena, Aunt May, <laughs> Amadeus Cho, <laughs> Hebe. Hercules and Kid Zeus. Like, this is their team. Um, but then Spider-Man shows up, and he brings Spider-Woman and Wolverine with him. So, oh. And this is, like, pre-Hulk Amadeus Cho, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then we get a, a little Agent Solanus. Uh, they're basically fighting this giant, like, squid-like creature. Um, no space sharks this week? No space sharks, but it's, it's cool. It's like a squid crab, like, oh, okay. type thing. And they're going to miss the battle, and it says, we'll continue next week. Cool. Um Really, really enjoy that comic. Uh, it was fun. You I didn't find know weird how it stuff. Be, well, you know, it, it's. I've always been a. I'm a big Spider-Man guy. We talked about this. Oh yeah, guy. I've loved Hercules non-comic stuff. Like I've seen every Hercules. I love the old cheesy '60s yeah. Hercules movies, especially when they play them on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like I do love those. I always loved those as a kid. Um, I, I was a big fan of Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo. <laughs> I and. I know a little bit about the Hercules character. I love playing as him in uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. Um, oh, yeah. He but I haven't delved a lot into the comic history. And he kind of gets brushed off because how popular Thor is. Yes. Yeah. You know, and we probably will never get a live-action Hercules because of that. He might be included in something. Um, like a nod to. Probably like a nod to. Yeah. 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 But really, really good comic, especially it wants you to get the Hercules series. Absolutely does. And it it doesn't make you think – it doesn't lose you. Like I told you, like that Iron Fist yeah. lost me with the crossover. This crossover did not lose you at all. 
So, um, first off, our art. Yes. Um, the art, the art's pretty cool. Um, I like the cover. The cover yeah, stands yeah. out. The, the, the cover's neat. I give the art an eight. Okay. Um, the Olympus scenes are pretty cool. Um, just typical modern comic. It didn't like blow me, blow me away. Right. But I'll give it an eight. It was pretty cool. Um, as far as the next thing, storytelling, right? Yeah. Or action, action, or action, action. Give it a five. Okay. We had a nice fight, but it's setting up along. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't all this big thing. It's setting up a storyline in the future where I'm sure that'll be mostly action. Yeah. Um, uh, storytelling next. Yes. Storytelling. I'm going to give it a nine. Oh, cool. um, it, it told a lot of stories, which, but it didn't, but it all connected where I talked about the comic last week with the iron fist and, um, Namor comic where it told four stories and you had no idea what the connection was. It told, it told the hair story. Awesome. You, she's going to basically relinquish this dark, mysterious creature with the help of Norman Osborn. Um, and this is Dark Avengers Norman Osborn too, by the way. So okay. Cool. Um, so there's, there, there's that. You get the story with Hercules and Hebe and all that. And you have a nice little Iron Man. Or I mean, I'm sorry, Spider-Man story where he's just trying to find a date. And, you know, <laughs> you know, and, that. and also they do the Agents Atlas stuff. So, And yeah. the Amadeus Cho story with Athena. Like, she, Athena is, like, she's the smart one. She's, you know, um, and with her, she's so much different than the other Greek gods. She's not, like, meat-headed or conceited. Right. Or, you know. So to have her and this like brilliant smart kid be a partner up, it's it's nice. It's cool. It was it was a nice combo. Um. So yeah, like I said, storytelling. I'm gonna give a nine. All right. Dialogue is next. You know what? Dialogue. I'm gonna give a nine. Okay. It did not lose me with the Greek dialogue. Oh, good. Which we're it's usually gonna, very hard to do. Gonna talk about this one where dialogue was a little rough. Okay. Um. But this was. The Greek wasn't hard to follow. Okay. Like the, you know, the context and stuff. So yeah, I'll, I'll give that a nine. If I could pronounce that Japanese and all that stuff, <laughs> I'd maybe give it a ten. Um, and then rereadability, uh, I would give it, I would give it a seven. Okay. Just because it's a tie-in comic or it's a, it's an intro comic. It's not like, it's not like, oh yeah, let me reread that to know what happens. It's a nice little, it's a read. Like I would give this to somebody and say, Hey, do you know much about Hercules? It lets, you know, it gets you invested in him. It gets you invested in Athena. And, it, you know, it's like one of those things like Spider-Man's there and it draws you. Out. Okay. Yeah. It's the whole Spider-Man was just used to kind of. A- absolutely. But you know what, though? It taught, you could put any hero in there, but it told that like Hebe, you know, yeah. Hercules love distance for 3000 years. They weren't talking. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was great with that. You awesome. Know? And tying in at May was awesome. Out of doubt. So 38 out of 50 you give to that book. Okay. That's not bad. That's more than half. Um, we're going to have to figure out like a, a numerical system on top of our number system to kind of give an added effect. But 38 out of 50 is not bad at all. What I think we should do at the end of the year, um, I had this idea where we should really like we could do either top five overall or top five per person. Yes. And that will kind of give people a list of what maybe they should buy. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay, these were their guys' top 15 comics of the year. Right, right. That they read. I like that. I do too. I like that very much. Just keep, yeah, keep adding different elements. You know, keep people into it, excited, whatnot. Oh yeah. By the way, this is from 2009. Sorry. 2009. Year. Okay. 2009. 2009. So you know, a little less than 10 years. Six years later, now Amadeus Cho is the the lead Hulk. I yeah. know. Crazy. Hmm. That Crazy. was when he was getting heavy in the comics. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Greg. Would you like to be the next one? Sure. 
I picked up, I went exclusively DC this week. Okay. Uh, and I kind of followed a theme. I went with some teams. Ooh. Did some, some teams for both. <laughs> uh, I grabbed, this one is in, from January 1992. This is Justice League Europe. I've Very never cool. heard of that. Issue Very 34. Cool. Uh, the cover alone drew me in. You look at the cover, just the, the, this is a, like a B-list super show, man. This is a cool comic. I don't, there's a lot going on because this is part 12. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure you lost so, the shuffle. Um, but it's, right away you just get the opening panel is the Flash, Elongated Man, Power Girl, Booster Gold, Martian Manhunter. That's awesome. Um, and a couple other people fighting Despero. Stuff like, like a CW. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is this is cool. There's a couple others I don't know, like uh Silver Sorceress I've never heard of. So basically just the beginning is just the action. They're they're initiates into the Justice League. They're not necessarily members yet. They're trying to create this Justice League Europe. And Booster Gold is actually the team leader, which again I'm a big booster mark, so this is awesome. Like that was really cool to see him in that role. Um more serious. Uh, you just get, they're just basically fighting Despero, and then it cuts over, then this is where the surprise was awesome for me, to Kilowog of the Green Lanterns and Ted Cord Blue Beetle. And really they cool. are working together, um, they have this, uh, what's his name? I forgot it now. Elron, uh, it's a piece of tech that is from Magna Carna, I think. I have, I'll, I'll check, double check that in a second. Um, and they are going to use it to take down Despero. But at the same time, they are racing Lobo to fight Despero. So th- this is such a cool comic, and you get a little bit of uh, lots a, of good heroes and oh yeah, and, and villains in that. Like you also get a Road Warrior um, ad just for WCW, which that popped me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but you what have was your year again. This is a ninety-two. Ninety-two. Okay. So the year before I was born. Um. But yeah, it's just like the whole beginning is just this continuous fight between um Despero and the the Justice League. I don't think I mentioned Metamorpho is also there. And again, Metamorpho is another awesome B hero that a lot of people don't know about. He's just starting to shine a little bit. Um and Kilowog has this piece of tech that's supposed to stop Despero. So Lobo drops in and kinda, you know, says his his cheeky one liner, gets Despero's um attention the fight ends kind of abruptly as Kilowog throws elron at this despero and it just takes him over and he just takes over despero um and magna magna quan there it is um he shows up and he's he's the master of elron uh and you start to get a little little convoluted here uh lobo has a contract out for despero and Magnacon is the one who put it out, or Magnacon, and ends up basically going, well, Despero's Elrond now, so you can just return him to me. I'll pay off Lobo. And there's a little bit of a battle back and forth, like a, just verbal between Lobo and the Justice League. I kind of wanted to see him throw down, and they didn't. <laughs> um, and then you just get, there's a little bit of story. There's this guy in the back that just straight up looks like Captain America. <laughs> Like full on. Oh my god, yeah. But it's not. I don't actually know who it is. Uh, and you get the idea there's this bigger story going on. Um, there's Dream Slayer was killed and took over a new body that was actually a friend of the Justice League's. And he is now, um, rising up. And the two people looking into it are 
uh, I forget her name. I think it was Silver Fox and Martian Manhunter. Oh. So like, just the names keep coming. Yeah. Um, and they are approached. You find out it is Dream Slayer that's coming to attack, and basically the rest of the comic is just them gearing up. You get a uh, a, a little bit of a, a couple name drops of other heroes as well, but you just get like the the Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, Booster Gold dynamic. Um, and then Martian Manhunter basically tells them like we need to go into action. This, something's happening, and that's it. Just kind of ends with Dream Slayer like achieving full power and having an army in front of them and they're going to fight the new extremists. So it's a really cool comic. Uh, there's a lot of names I didn't know a ton of, like I said, B level heroes that like a lot of people don't know about that. I actually think like deserve a lot more time. So this was a cool comic for me. Um, I really liked it. The story was a little tough to follow, but I'll, I'll get into it. It's a 1992 comic. It's got very much the, the Sunday comic art style. Um, I usually don't like it for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe it's just cause I like enjoyed seeing these characters penned in an old way so much. Uh, I, re- I really liked the art this time. So I'm going to give the art a seven. Okay. I'm a big fan of the art. Um, story wise, there was like s- the, the, the main story seemed to take place in the beginning couple pages and then it bounced a lot. I know it is later in the issue, but for being part 12, it actually felt like a part one. Okay. Part two. So I'd actually give the story about a five. Okay. Um, action. Action wise, I'd actually give the action. I want to give it an eight, but I'm going to give it a seven just because it ends so abruptly. But those opening couple panels of action um, are really cool. Even in the older art style, like the action and the explosions and everything that's happening is awesome. And you're just seeing. Booster fly around Despero while Flash is running underneath him. And it's just kind of cool, like, dynamic to, to get an idea of, or to see. The dialogue is a four. Okay. The dialogue's okay. There's a lot of it, and a lot of it just feels like it's just placed there. Um, and reread value, to be honest, I would give the reread a seven because just because of everyone that shows up in this, I would read it again. Just like it's really cool to see all of these heroes yeah, naming off those guys and in was, one place. That was yeah, neat. that sounds really fun. Yeah, you know. just like I said, the cover alone, like it was enough. Like you got Metamorpho holding back Lobo, well, Blue Beetle, Martian Manhunter, and Power Girl, like the original iteration of the Power Girl, are holding back Despero. Like that, I grabbed this and said, okay, I'm buying this comic like right away, and I had like. I had a bunch of comics in my hand already, and I started like switching this one out for other ones. So I, I really liked it though. It was, it was definitely cool, and like I've never heard of Justice League Europe. I never did either. So I like that, like diving into something a little different. Um, it's essentially, just Justice League of America, just being in Europe. That's yeah, what it it's, sounded it's like. the same. Like it's there's no no European character on right. the team. So there's a lot of weird Justice League. There's like a Justice League Detroit. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Like, really? Like, yeah, they, that this where like Gypsy shows up, and so there's a lot of weird uh, weird ones. <laughs> All right. Very you said Justice League Detroit, and I just pictured like the wire with superheroes. <laughs> That's Baltimore, man. <laughs> that, that too, but like same like style story. Awesome. That would that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, so we got a thirty out of fifty for Greg, and Justice League Europe from January nineteen ninety two. Yeah. I got that correct. Yeah. All right, so here comes my old book. Um, I actually picked it up this weekend at that used book store slash outlet in the Boulevard Mall. Um, it's from 1976, and I have to do. I do have to say, 
I love looking at old comic books for the advertisements. Um, I'm just seeing the back of the... Yeah, uh, the same thing. How cheesy, like, happy landing. These little monogram new speedy built flying mop. Like, this is cool <laughs> stuff. And you look through, and... I've got a Double Dragon ad in here Dude. and a WCW World Warriors ad. So, like, I know how you feel. <laughs> Dude, this is like... I know. That's a good ad. I mean, this is great. And, like, I love the price. Like, this is back when comics were, like, 25 cents brand new. Um, but this is a 1976... Uh, it's... Marvel uh, Comics Group Super Villain Team Up, and I thought it was pretty random. Uh, Doctor, excuse me, it was Doctor Doom and the Submariner, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the cover appealed to me um, because I've never. I've, Doctor Doom has a lot of team up books from that era. Like there's a Doctor Doom and Spider Man one, and a Doctor Doom and Human Torch one floating around somewhere. Um, and there's even like a Do- Dr. Doom Captain America oh, wow. somewhere. Um, but this, the cover really grafted me in because, um, there's this character called the Shroud. I've never heard of him before. Ooh. Um, and actually he's still relevant even to this day. Like he, he, he looks and sounds and feels like a, like just a one-off character. Um, but I, I Google, I Wikipedia him. And yeah, I Wikipedia him and looked some stuff up about it, and he there was still mentions and you know appearances of him during Civil War, which I thought was oh, wow, yeah. um, pretty interesting. Um, but anyways, it starts off. Um, I don't know exactly how it happened, but the Submariner is actually a technically like a slave to Doctor Doom, essentially, um, and he has to do his bidding. At his will, and it actually starts off with the Fantastic Four leaving Doom's castle in Latveria, uh, with a U.S. secretary um, trying to get the Fantastic Four to leave because um, Latveria, obviously, Doctor Doom doesn't want any. There's an agreement for no United States interference interference in this country, and the Fantastic Four is technically not allowed to do do that without, you know, approval or or anything like that. They just can't go on there on their own. Um, but it starts off with the Fantastic Four walking away, the thing, and uh, Johnny Storm yelling at Reed Richards for letting it letting it happen that way um, and just letting Doom walk away. Um, goes in, they, they leave the island. Dr. Doom is talking about honoring his agreement with the United States and, and whatnot and bringing prosperity to Latveria, essentially. And moving on, so Mariner's hanging out in his little, his cave, is, or his, not as much his cave, but his little room. Uh, he's sitting in his, his water so he can stay alive, his life-preserving water. And this guy called the Shroud, um, randomly, he disappears. And it's funny because his backstory is exactly like Batman. He's with his parents. Mom and dad get shot by a burglar. Um, and he, like, his costume, like, it's similar to it, and it's just funny because his backstory is it, but he's, he doesn't have any superpowers at all. Um, he's just a, a incredibly athletic, you know, same, pretty much same as Batman, just not as high tech. Straight up, like, that top panel looks like just Batman without the ears. Yeah, <laughs> it, it pretty much is. Um, same color. They actually said the designer of the, the character, um, base it off of Batman and uh, the sh- I think it's the Shadow from DC. Yes. 
Um, that's that's what he he based it all on. It wasn't like the Batman based on the Shadow. It wasn't the Shadow technically something like that. Batman. Yeah, there's actually a Batman and Shadow run going on right now as well. Oh, like really? Team up run. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he goes. The shroud goes on, and he he ex- he explains his powers. Damn dog. <laughs> he explains how he got his power, so to speak. Because he wanted to be a hero, but he just physically wasn't capable. He wasn't like the Fantastic Four. Um, he wasn't like, you know, Spider-Man, Captain America. Um, but he went to a temple and lost his vision. And used, he gained powers. At it. It's hard to really di- dissect what he got. But he could still see without sight, so to speak. It was, it was really, really weird. But he explains his plan to Namor um, and how he's going to kill Doctor Doom. And Namor's like, no, you're not going to do it. And he goes, oh, but if I do, you'll be free. And Namor's still not buying it. Obviously, this guy is just, you know, can't take him seriously. Honestly, I didn't take him seriously reading it. Um, But we're going on. And Doctor Doom uh, actually goes to the village and... uh, what is the term here? He takes a, a a village girl at his will. It's I don't know how to pronounce it, but they can do it to have you know. It's a, it was like a feudal like medieval time kind of thing where a king or lord um, could just take a woman at will and you know do what he pleases. And right before he's about to, the shroud comes and attacks Doctor Doom, and this guy is more than prepared to handle Doom. Um, you know. Fight, he can defend all of his attacks as his, his you know little hand raise and all his like finger spike things and he he just defends it all and it, it's actually really impressive and actually the shroud does defeat him and he knocks him off of a cliff and he actually Doctor Doom has these dogs and they actually end up attacking him and helping get this thing you know get Doctor Doom off the cliff um, so the shroud. Uh, Goes back, tells Namor, hey, now do you believe me? He goes, what What do you mean? He goes, you're free. Namor can't believe it. He's 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 pretty he's pretty surprised. Um, and they actually ends with some ladies actually uh, find and bring Doctor Doom back to health and kind of capture him, so to speak. He's like imprisoned, but he's still alive. Um, which was, you know, of course, Doctor Doom's still alive to this day. Uh, but it was an interesting read-up. My biggest thing, the cover was deceiving because it, it didn't feel like a team-up. Like, Namor was a non-factor, essentially, in it. and It was a Doctor Doom comic. Right? It, essentially. And, you know, Namor was just there. He was just, He's just taking a bath the whole time. Pretty much. That's <laughs> it, actually what it was. You know, uh, some dialogue about, you know, their different viewpoints and stuff. Um, but, I mean, it was a... It was interesting that the Shroud guy, I'm like, this dude doesn't have a chance. He's going to be a one-off character. Doom's going to kill him, and that'll be that. Um, and, he, I mean, he he beat him up enough, and Namor's now free. I don't know where it leads to, um, but it was actually kind of interesting. And like I said, I looked up the Shroud, and he's still relevant today. He's not just a one-off character. Beat this dog. <laughs> I shouldn't say that on air. Uh <laughs> But we will go through the grading system now. Um, from an art standpoint, at 70s classic art, which, you know, I love the old style stuff. Um, it's, it's it's gritty, 
but it's it's what I associate most of my characters with. I'm going to give it a 7. Action. The Shroud-Doctor Doom fight was really impressive. Really impressive. Um, get over there. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know me. I'm always moving. Around. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm juking, driving. Um, I mean, there wasn't a, a grand amount, but like the Shroud-Doom fight was actually pretty interesting. I'm going to give that a 7. Ooh. Storytelling. Um, giving an entire backstory to a character as quick as they did. And, um, you know, really pushing him, making him a threat to Dr. Doom, I thought was a nice touch. Um, lightly touched on the backstory is why Namor is where he is. It doesn't give a whole extensive reason. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to give story a seven. Dialogue. Very good dialogue here. Um, and usually, sometimes it's one or the other, dialogue or action. And I'm going to give the dialogue a nine, actually. Very good interactions between the Shroud and Namor. Um, very good in- interactions between Namor and Dr. Doom. And very good interactions with Shroud and Dr. Doom. So a nine. Rereadability. Um, I am, I am going to take... It's probably going to be like a five. I would probably not pick this book up. I mean, it was great. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it just, it was good. It was a good read, um, but just not something that was like, oh man, I really want to pick this up again. So let's look at the score here. It's 21, 35, 35 out of 50. I really want to find something worth giving a one to. That sounds terrible, but like I, I really want to find the comic feel, that bad. I feel like we're going to do that. I feel like we're going to do it. There's going to be one book. Eventually, there. I think one of these older ones are going to take a uh, stab at, and it's like, ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, 35 out of 50. Um, team-ups are, are, are fun ones, but this is the second week in a row I've done a team-up, and it was kind of lackluster. I mean, I gave it a good score, but it wasn't anything like I thought it was originally. Um, but yeah, we're now we're moving on. Dog is driving me crazy. Um, we're going to go to the new books. Um, who wants to start with our their new one? I might get started if you guys like. Yeah, go right ahead, bud. All right, so I read As Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Um, it is an Affinity Wars tie-in, but. This is the first run, and it came out this week. Um, pretty interesting book. Um, seeing the line up in front, and I was really excited about it. I also saw the ad in the Cosmic Ghost Rider last week. I'm like, oh, I really want to want to get that. Um, just kind of tell you how the story goes. So you meet this archaeologist, Annabelle Riggs. She's having wine with Ren Kimura, who's an inhuman, and her, it's her girlfriend. Yeah. So... Whatever that's happening, Angela shows up with the Destroyer. You need to come with us, Annabelle. And, you know, Ren's like, why, why, why? Um, so they take Annabelle Riggs, and they're onto some planet, uh, Draketh, where Scourge and Thunderstrike, they're literally fighting everybody. They're, they're, they're fighting Chachari, they're fighting Cronins, they're fighting Trolls, they're fighting Badoon. <laughs> they're just fighting everybody on this planet. Um, which, which is pretty cool. And Scourge really shines in this. I just, 
I don't know. He he was really awesome. Like that kind of it's like they took that personality from Ragnarok and they gave it to him. Like right. he was really good in this. Uh then Annabelle Riggs turns into Valkyrie. Ooh. Which I guess it says Valkyrie shares a body with Annabelle uh in parentheses, it's complicated. So that <laughs> and that's all the backstory you get from that. Uh so you know, they're battling, you know, you see Thunders strike, do some pretty cool things on some Cronins. Um and then the Another member of the team shows up. Throg. Throg is on this as Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, uh, you were super hyped about Throg. I was it, it, because it was it, it was so out of left field. Like they were, already, <laughs> you know. Okay, so Valkyrie's there now. We got Thunderstrike, and you know this is a pretty good team. So you have Angela, Destroyer, Thunderstrike, uh, Valkyrie, and Scourge. And they need help from Throg. Every team just apparently needs like a superpowered animal, just like Juggerduck. I yeah, <laughs> well, Juggerduck, Spider Ham. Yeah, <laughs> Juggerduck is awesome. <laughs> that that was very cool, very cool. Um, so and then they kind of do a then and now type thing. Um, Annabelle, um, what the Annabelle? Uh, she's like being her now. She's back to Annabelle Riggs, and she's kind of trying to be nerdy and kind of going back and forth with, um, with Angela and. And you know, and everything. And then what happens is they get to the planet where the el um the elves are, uh, the elves that make the weaponry. You know, and all majority of the elves are in space, frozen, like you know. Ooh. And this planet has clearly uh, you know been ravaged. So you know they're kind of looking into it. And there's Nebula, and she has uh, I forget his name here. Um, she has the lead elf who makes, who made, you know, Molnair and all that. She has him enslaved. He made this horn for her. And she is just whooping ass. She's the one who had this team, I guess. Like she, you know, she's whooping ass, like, and she's just like kind of just running through the gauntlet on the Asgardians of the galaxy. And then, and, and then she just basically just leaves all this carnage and she gets out, gets out of town. So, Obviously, Nebula is going to be a foe that just keeps popping up every now and then for them. Um, following that, we we get you know we got Valkyrie back to Annabelle or Annabelle Riggs turned into Valkyrie, and then we have these ships that she made out of the nails of the elves. Ooh. These yeah large ships, and they're basically going to cause another Ragnarok. And it's kind of cool. They're like ghost elves. Almost yeah. to a certain aspect, um, but you know this is being controlled. Uh, well, people wonder what's making those exist. It's not Nebula. It's Angela. Angela has a kind of a backsided plan with the Destroyer. You find out he's being controlled by Kid Loki. Ooh. Wow. So it, it it was a nice intro story. I did expect it to be more fun. Okay. I expected a little more fun. Um, you know, maybe a little more human, maybe a little more, I don't know, maybe now I'm jaded after seeing Ragnarok, where I think that's how Thor's universe should be. Right. You know, it should be a little less, like, formal and more, like, <laughs> in space, like, fun. <laughs> like, And I feel like they tried to grasp that here, but some things just weren't perfected well. Art-wise, very cool, Um, especially with the fight scenes and stuff like that. I'll give the art a nine. Okay. Cool. It's that nice modern art. Um. So I thought that was very well done. Action, you did get, you get the really cool fight in the Nebula scene. So that I'll give 
I give that an eight just because it's a lot of action. Eight? Yes. Okay. Storytelling, I'm going to have to give like a five. And the only reason why I say that is, is you don't get, okay, you wrote it's complicated. Tell us why Annabelle Riggs and Valkyrie keeps sharing a body. Right. Tell us what's going on there. Yeah. Um, okay, you know, we get a nice little nod to Angela being really the villain, but why Nebula then? You know, okay, your Nebula's gonna be what, the villain to lead up to finding out Angela's really the villain? Um, and okay, so you have this one planet and then another planet with the, it's, I thought it was too much to fit in one comic. I would have liked just one consistent, like, why did they get together? They just, they're there, like, fighting. Like, why did the Asgardians of the Galaxy get together? Like, I would have liked, I would have liked less action and more storytelling. Right. Yeah. I feel you. And that was a first? That was a first That was issue? a first. It oh. says that the tie into it anywhere, so they may be like teased like Thunderstrike and Angel and all that. Oh, it might have been like a, a, a story where they were shown as a team or something. Yes. But this was the first run, um, first issue here. Uh, dialogue, I got to give that, a, I'm going to give that a five too. Okay. So it lost me with some of the, you know, Thorish, you know, type dialogue. You could have kind of made it a little more simple. Cause at the end of the day, this isn't a story about Asgard. It's a story about space. You had Nebula, you got Chitari. Like, why are we, why are we making it very still Asgardian? You know, you know, I, so I felt like that could have been dumbed down a little bit for people like me. <laughs> uh, rereadability. Um, I mean, it's cool. I think Surge has some nice points. The action and the art's fun. I'd maybe pick it up again, give that a six. Sure. Six? Okay. Yeah. That's just being generous on that. So. Okay. All right. Let's add this up. But I, I honestly, maybe I, I was kind of spoiled with, maybe I was a little bit spoiled with uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider last week. Oh, yeah. I think that was a huge, like, find as well. Like, I think that was something very in your realm and you're going to find stuff that you're not going to be crazy about. Yeah. I just, I was like, Ooh, it's guardians of the galaxy. Like they'll probably have some cool space adventures. It's a cool play on the, on the guardians of the galaxy. Yeah, name too. Cool I idea. mean, Throg was cool. I, and they didn't get a lot of Throg. More Throg would have maybe probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredibly fresh. Hashtag more Throg. More Throg. <laughs> you get Throg book, storybook line. Um, all right, Greg, you're up, buddy. All right. So like I said, I went with, um, DC teams, and I went with another obscure, actually brand new team. Um, this is only the fifth issue that this team has been in existence. Okay. So this is the Immortal Men. Um, it is a spinoff kind of the, of Dark Knight's Metal. The Dark Knight's Metal event spurred, uh, spurred this thing called the New Age of Heroes, and they made seven or eight brand new comic books out of it. Okay. Uh, one that with already existing heroes, a couple with already existing heroes, but they made a couple brand new heroes. I'll talk about that more though. This, um, however, this comic, it is the fifth, so there is a lot going on, but they do a decent job explaining it. I did get really confused because I started reading the first page and was like, oh, Flash and Wonder Woman are fighting Gorilla Grodd. What does this have to do with anything? And it's a Snickers commercial. <laughs> so that threw me <laughs> off. So once you get into the actual comic, um, you have this guy looking, he basically walks into a, uh, Build-A-Bear. It's called Do It Yourself Bear. Okay. Um, and he has a gun to the owner, and he's telling me, like, telling you her basically, like, I don't know if I have to order a goofy gator with blue eyes or what, 
but let me in. And then all of a sudden, a giant teddy bear comes up behind him and knocks him out. <laughs> so it sounds super weird. Um, I think I like it. <laughs> but it, it's cool. And it, it he actually does mention, like, okay, like, I know this is a black site, like, and it it's an Argus black site. That's what he, he mentioned. Like, so these are Argus agents, and they come and they knock them out, and they pull them into the teddy bear. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> On the other hand, you get this place, um, and this is where you get some of the history. The main team is made up of some super interesting characters. Um, the Immortal Men are this group. Uh, DC has this ongoing character called the Immortal Man. Okay. So basically, um, his story has changed since he's been part of a couple of the tribes, and he came up with Vandal Savage. Uh, and the Immortal Men is this this group that exists that has five separate houses. He is part of the um, I believe it's I gotta reread it now. The fourth house, which is the campus. Uh, and the immortal man actually is invulnerable. He's not supposed to be able to be killed. And he takes pieces of himself and gives it to these other people to create the immortal men. And they're from all different timelines. So you have um, Ghost Fist, who is from the Prohibition era, era, and he can like teleport. He's got this very like green, um, green hornet style outfit. Oh, but then kind of turns into a ghost and can teleport around and like that's, kung that's fu. really cool. Um, you have Timber, who she is a Native American, and she can grow in size and then come back down but she's got the old school like axe and furs and very much in that out uh era you've got uh was i just forgot his name stray who's this weird like he almost looks like like a group but he's covered in fur okay um and he's he like a big stray dog maybe? yeah this like talk immortal dog that they don't know like they don't really explain too much on his his backstory um, Reload, who looks a lot like Moon Knight. I'm a big fan of his power, though. His power is actually he can subtract time. So what he does is he fires his gun and then just rewinds time so the bullet reloads into his gun. <laughs> so he can just fire his gun over and over again. That's, that's really cool. Really cool. And that's how he heals himself as well. Really? Is he just rewinds the time on his wounds. And then this new kid, Caden Park, who Caden Park, basically this is what the story is telling. It's been having these dreams that's pulling him to the campus. And he keeps seeing the immortal man give him something. Uh, and Caden actually has the ability to touch other people's hands and learn something about them and even gain some abilities of theirs. Um, so he actually like touches Ghost Fist's hand and now Caden knows Kung Fu and that's how he's been kind of keeping himself alive with the party. Okay. Um, so they come to the campus where uh, the infinite woman from the House of Conquest has actually killed a lot of the immortal men. So they can be killed. They just live very, like they're, they don't age. Um, but the immortal man is not supposed to be able to be killed, and he actually has been killed. He's no longer alive. Um, they don't explain in this how he died, but this is the fifth issue. Um, so you see them actually like Timbers at full size, and she's actually using her axe to bury um, handfuls of the immortal men. She's huge. She can hold like 50 bodies in her hand as she pours them in, and she's talking about how she's never done a burial before and like – it's it's a very solemn moment, and you can feel like the honor among the immortal men. <laughs> um, and then you have this this moment where, like, all of a sudden, Caden um, is recognized as the immortal man and finds this like secret emergency protocol room. And this this uh, well, I'll get to that. Uh, you go back to the Argus Black site, and the guy is basically asking for Amanda Waller, saying like something's going on, like you, you guys need to listen to me. And it cuts right back to Caden. Uh, and this, there's this weird like metal floating in the air, and it immediately sees Caden, recognizes him as the Immortal Man, and attaches to his face. 
and it is called the blood mask and a, a basically like a something living there. It's a spirit. Uh, her name is communion tells him that the blood mask is the immortal man took a little bit of blood from every immortal man and made this mask out of it so that when the time came, he could transfer his own consciousness into someone else as well as the powers of all the immortal men. Oh, that's that's cool. cool. And communion is this like dead. She's currently dead, but her spirit's still lingering and she shows up as like a bunch of different spirits. Um, the artwork art design for all these characters is incredible. Um, and basically explains this all to, to Caden and that Caden is, has the powers he has so that he can receive the immortal man. And she's actually, um, for the last few years been spying on Caden with the immortal man. Uh, and now he has this sick mask on his face. Um, so it, you get to that, you go back out and, and he comes out and basically tells the other team like reload. Who's the guy with the, the gun, um, the moon Knight kind of sort of character. Yeah. You can kind of see his yeah. uh, artwork. Yeah. It's similar. He's like, he's been captured by the house of conquest and they, it basically says, well, you know, the, I'm not the immortal man, but I know I can take up this fight. Now his hands are on fire. Yeah. And you immediately like, they kind of go, Oh, well, I guess like this is kind of mad, but we're meant to, we know we're known to have a mad streak and you see reload like trapped in this, in this, um, what's the word? Like basically trapped in this like simulation. And all of a sudden the immortal men show up, like they teleport through with ghost fist and you just have this awesome, like them covered in the green um, energy of Ghost Fist, across from the the um, House of Conquest soldiers, as well as these things called the Bloodless, which are these weird, like transforming monsters that are basically their dogs that they oh. use to attack. Um, they look like people and then turn to these like weird dog things, covered in like fire energy from their leader, uh, and it just sets up for a big showdown. It's a cool comic. It sounds interesting. I'm there's so much lore. I had to leave a lot out. There's so much lore to this. This is issue five, and there's so much. Like there's five different houses. They all have a different purpose, um, and like there's all these immortal men with all of their own backstories. So I'm gonna get right into it. Art wise, uh, this is a very I like this art. So the New Age of Heroes actually took on a bunch of different artists. This is um, I just told for his first name, but Kirkman, who's or Kirkham, who's been working on almost every single like major DC comic right now, Batman and Superman, Deathstroke, like he's done a lot of it. DC Metal, he did a lot of the artwork for. So he took on Immortal Men. Uh, I really like the art style. It's very different, but it does have this like 90s feel to it. Okay. I actually would give the art a nine. Oh, okay. Um, I'm a big fan of the art, and like the character designs are incredible. They all have this like different, unique feel, and you can kind of feel like the time they're from. Story-wise, again, nine. I'm The story is great. Um, action, there wasn't much action in this, so I'm just going to say a, a four. A four, okay. Uh, it seems to be like our lowest number so far. Like yeah. Four, four is like... For like being as nice as we possibly can be, because it's it's not like it's fault. Like it's there's cool stuff going on. There's definitely a feel of urgency, but there's no action in it. It's yeah. a story comic. The next comic I'm sure is gonna be almost all action. Uh, dialogue. I'm gonna give the dialogue a six. A six. Because okay. there's some really good dialogue in here, but like there is some like. Oh, we clearly have to explain some stuff, so let's get it in here. Like, Communion shows up, and she goes, oh, I'm the one that's been giving you the visions. Like, okay. I I don't know. It was really – like, it could have been said in a different way. It was a little cheesy. Rereadability. This is where I go off for a second. I'm going to give it a 10. 
Interesting. I absolutely love this comic. I am really looking forward to the sixth issue. This is the thing. The sixth issue is the last issue of this run of comics. Oh. The story is done already. It looks like a test run because I can't see them. Well, this like is a what happened. Run for that. New Age of Heroes was supposed to be an all new run for all of these comics. Uh, they were expecting these brand new comics to like kill in numbers. Right. This sold the first two issues sold twenty five thousand copies for a brand new comic. That's not terrible. No. It ranked eighty second in all of comic book sales, which that's not bad. There's a lot of comic books. They canceled it after the second issue. They, this new age, they, like I said, they were expecting this to do really well. My beef with this is, unfortunately, I'm going to put down DC a little bit. I love DC, yeah. but they released, this new age, they released a bunch of heroes. They released Damage. He is a man who goes into a full-on rage for one hour. <laughs> Straight up looks like the Hulk. Right. Actually, it's the Red Hulk's powers. The Silencer, same artist as the Punisher, did almost the same exact cover. Very similar story. <laughs> Sideways is a um, young man who gets the power to tear rips in, to- uh, in in space and teleport, and he uses it to teleport building to building all throughout the cities. And he's got a very similar outfit to a young uh, spider friend we know. Oh, <laughs> there's Brimstone, a man who sells his soul to the spirit of vengeance with the devil, and oh. all of a sudden has a flaming flaming head and all these powers. And he's kind of cool. Get, don't get me wrong. And then the Terrifics. A family of superheroes made up of Metamorpho, Mr. Terrific, some woman I don't know, and Plastic Man. Almost dead spinoff of the Fantastic Four. Right. So these comics are all still in production. Oh, man. And that's my where my issue is, is the Immortal Man is this, – this comic is so original and has so much room for expansion and franchise. Like old Immortal Man comics, see them before a lot of them died. Yeah. Um, get the idea of what's going on. Grow on these characters and their individual stories. Grow on the different houses. There's so much here, and it just they just didn't like it. A lot of the artists – Jim Lee was one of the artists for this New Age thing. He dropped okay. out immediately. Like there was – the whole point of this was they named like 10 of the best artists in DC Comics. They almost all dropped out. That's crazy. So they took a hit on this, and it was, it looked, it had a lot of potential. This comic is really cool. I really like this. I kind of hope, like, and if you end up picking up this comic, and there's like, I know there's not a ton of people listening to this yet, tweet about this comic. Tweet about, like, read it, pick it up, buy it. And this is why I had the rant about comic book sales earlier. Read these comics, because there are so many cool stories outside of what you're going to see on TV and in the movies. Yeah. And if you don't read them, they don't get to continue, and that stinks. It's horrible. Um, yeah, th- like that's been the main theme of the show is to really ex- expand your horizons, so to speak. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, if if go, this is why we do this, go pick something like this up. This comic is awesome. Seriously, like the artwork is. I like. I was like, I could watch a show of this. Right. I could like. Oh, I could do a whole thing of this, and I was like, it's getting canceled. This stinks. Six issues and it's gone. Yeah. So I'm going to pick up all six issues, to be honest. I think this is something I'd love to own and, and have the collectability of it because I feel like it is something that might make a return down the road. Okay. Very good. So you got an overall score of 38 out of 50. Ooh, I should have given that more points. <laughs> it's still not bad. So probably maybe you're high. Or I think maybe you're tied. tied. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are tied. All right. Moving on. My new book, Thanos Legacy. Um, there was a lot that I wanted to pick up, but the cover really drew me in. Um, this one just came out 
I think this past week, if I'm not mistaken, but this is the first issue of this. And I thought, I don't know really what to think of it. You know, you hear a legacy, you're like, maybe it's another origin story. Um, and it was not that at all. Opening up, um, Thanos is sitting in a chair contemplating stuff. There's like a narration, um, you know, about of Thanos thinking what his legacy will be. Um, there's some, you know, thing that he wants to catch or re-inherit the Infinity Stones. Um, let's see. And actually, um, more, he go he travels. He travels in the future, actually, and um, yeah, there's some scene with his future self as well. Um, I mean, nothing significant, but he's just. He's a madman. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but the most important scene I really took from all of this um, was him being killed. Gamora appears from behind him, stabs him through the heart in front of his own men, and then decapitates him. Oh. It was amazing. There's a panel here with Thanos' decapitated head <laughs> looking at the reader, and it is insane. Um, and then appears Cosmic Ghost Rider, um, who finds out about Thanos' death. And he goes, you know, it's about time. He transports to the site of Thanos' um, where his body is now, and there's some dogs chewing on his, Thanos' <laughs> body. And actually, Thanos' body explode, kind of explodes, gives a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a blast. Um, Ghost Rider's covered in, in all kinds of gook and blood and, and whatnot. And then, um, this other character arrives. His name is Eros, and he's actually Thanos' brother. And if you read the original Infinity Gauntlet storyline, um, Eros appears in, in, in that. Um, that's where I knew him from. And it, he bends over to um, kind of investigate Thanos' body, make sure you know he's really dead. He takes a dagger, plunges it into Thanos' chest, and it looks like he's reaching to grab Thanos' heart. Um, and Cosmic Ghost Rider goes, "Wait, what does what could be inside of that old dead piece of shit that could ignite a war? Because it's what." saying and uh, Eros goes his will and it's not a heart I don't know what it is but it has me hooked if you guys want to take kind of a quick look at it it's like something inside of him it's a hair barrette yeah, <laughs> that's what exactly what it looks like it's exactly what it looks like I'm curious as to what it is it says to be continued but there's still more after that there's a little side issue um, no dialogue at all but it's Thanos and young Gamora um, taking her on some kind of vicious mission, you know, kind of getting her to where she ends up being the the killer that she is. Um, kills a couple street rats, and um, that's it. Legit, no dialogue at all towards the second half. Um, interesting, interesting read, and I'm very curious where the first half of that book tends to lead. Um. I'll go right into the rating system. Um, 
Real quick for you, is, yeah. is Cosmic Ghost Rider not, like, the best written character? Literally? I think he's like, great. Like, it's just, like, even that, like, you have to put him in anything. I, I, I you know, I thought there was an immediate tie. I'm expecting it, kind of. Yeah. Like, you, we talked about Cosmic Ghost Rider last week. Well, it yeah. was your issue. Because this was With the baby so, Thanos. And, yeah. And this was, like, like, he was waiting. He was waiting for Thanos to die. And as soon as it happened, he knew. You know what I mean? So there's... It's an interesting connection. I think I think Cosmic Ghost Riders started to become a favorite character of mine. Like I'm more curious about expanding upon, and he actually has a really cool look too. Um, now that I see it up close and personal, it's crazy that it's the Punisher. Like, yeah, it's a cool way to take it. Crazy thing about it. I do like it that very much. I love kind of when they repackage like old characters in a new way. Like when when Kitty Pride was kind of like running his. As Star Lord for a little bit, yeah, and I like I like that. I like to pick up that mantle. Absolutely. Sometimes um, it flops, but more often than not, I think it's just interesting to see what that character, what that specific person, where like brings to that mask or that yeah. that alter ego. I agree. I like that you mentioned that there was right after Civil War, right after Captain America died, there was a period of time where. Hawkeye was Captain America for a very brief period of time. Oh, I've never read that. No? Cool. Very brief. He actually, what made him take off the costume was he bumped into a girl that identified as Hawkeye, and she didn't know who he was. So he was like, yeah. After seeing that, he gave the suit back to Stark. <laughs> and he's like, I can't do this. Because huh. Stark, Stark had the costume. He was in charge. He was basically, I don't know if he was... I can't remember if he was told to do it or if he was just doing it on his own, but he he wanted to find a new Captain America. There's like six right now. Is there really? It's like Cap, Sam Wilson's Cap. Uh, there's U.S. agents fighting to be Cap, and I think there's like one or two other. Well, ones now there. there's the Captain Marvel, who's Miss Marvel, with As Captain well, America's yeah. shield in the cables, Guardians of yeah, the Galaxy. Yeah, wild. Cap was like aged for a while, which was super cool, and then he became young again, but. They did the Hydra cap. Is Buc- Bucky isn't still cap, right, in the comics? He's also he is another man. one? Okay. Um, I think that's what they're leaning towards in the movies, personally. But I feel like we're going to get none of it. I think they're just going to... Just completely it. put a wayside. It's yeah. going to be Rocket Raccoon, Captain America. Oh, man. <laughs> we have the Iron Man Rocket Raccoon right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. You <laughs> can only dream. Um, rating this thing. Um, art-wise, gorgeous. Very in-depth... Um, panels uh i'm gonna give it a nine for art action incredibly minimal and really the only action there was was gamora stabbing thanos through the chest and cutting off his head and the little the brief scene with gamora that that back half of the issue where gamora beats up some street rats robbers um and kills them. Action was very limited. That that scene though with Thanos is pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna give it a five. And the you know I, excuse me, that's that's being generous. I'm gonna give it a four. <laughs> and it has a it has a four because of that one that one scene. It was that was pretty much it. I was expecting a little bit more, but it is a first issue, so there's gonna be plenty more to go around. I'm sure Thanos is gonna be you know end up alive by the end of it. Um, I can almost guarantee it. Story wise. Um, it was a cliffhanger, that's for sure, um, and that has me hooked to want to buy the next issue, and I think that's an important part, um, even though the story 
came off limited, at least the first, you know, this first half to this. I don't even count the second half because there really wasn't much to it. It was just a, a look back in the past, so to speak. But, I mean, Thanos, they're sitting there contemplating his legacy and, you know, what? how is he going to be remembered? And then as he's doing it, Gamora comes in and finishes him off. It, you know, as as of, as of right now, story-wise, I'm going to give it a 8, actually. Dialogue, there was none in the second half, as I said. The first half, limited, um, but not very... It was interesting, but nothing very special. Um, I'm going to give it a 7 in that department. Like There was a lot of panels of Thanos contemplating, you know, how he wanted to be remembered. And it was, it was very interesting. Rereadability, um, I'm going to go six. Uh, uh, cool first read. There's going to be this, the rest of the story is going to be much better. I can feel it. Um, but as all, as all intros, you know, they're, you get what you can't expect a whole lot from them. It's setting up an entire story. So doing the math. Eight plus seven plus six. Thirty-four. Uh, my old book actually did a little bit higher, <laughs> just a smidge, um, by one point. But like I said, it wasn't a bad book. Um, wasn't awful. It's got, like I said, the the best is yet to come. I can feel in that. Um, so yeah, we got through it. Good amount of time, and we're gonna close off the show with our fan choice. Um, by requested to us on Facebook. If you haven't liked our Facebook page yet, please come and find us. We're also on Instagram. Search the panel discussion. Um, we'll be asking for fan fan picks all the time, um, and we specifically ask for non Marvel and non DC. And this one was called Project Superpowers. And there's actually two volumes to it, but the one that was suggested to us was the very first one which came out in 2008 and I mean, it was interesting. It was, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, what they did. And for those who haven't read it yet, um, they brought back a bunch of superheroes from the 1940s, various, um, we'll call them strays, so to speak, because they were there, they were there around the time of like Captain America and, you know, the, the invaders and, you know, yeah. right around the time Batman and Superman were, were starting, were starting up and Shazam, you know, like yeah, stuff. sure. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Those just, you know, that era was a tough time to really find your footing. Um, it's still tough now actually, but, um, yeah, I mean all these classic superheroes that I've never heard of, and the story was a little hard to follow. I had to I had to do some research on it afterwards to kind of get the thing. But what happens is this this guy Bruce um, Carter Bruce Carter Bruce Carter the third. His power is I got it right here. His his identity is the Fighting Yank, and he got his powers from. Bruce Carter the first, who was an ancestor of his that fought and was a big American Revolutionary uh, war hero. Um, that's how he got his powers. But all of his friends, all these other characters from back in the day, um, are all trapped in like this urn, 
Um, I'm trying to think of the guy, the name of the guy who who possessed it. A dynamic man had it. Yes, that's what yes. it was. Um, yeah, he had it, and <laughs> let me read more. It was it was interesting, but I mean, he has the, these various heroes. Uh, Black Terror was one of them, classic 1940s, and Green. I think it's pronounced Llama, even though it's <laughs> super weird. Yeah. And he has, he has like mystical, like earthy powers. Yeah, kind of reminds me like a male earth, yeah. poison ivy, so to speak. Um, fighting Ink, obviously. Um, and Bruce Carter, right? That's his name? Yes. Um, he was the only one of his friends that had aged, and he was very old. And all of his other friends, Green Llama, and all these these old heroes trapped in this urn, so to speak, Hadn't aged in years, and they actually weren't very fond of Bruce Carter. It was it was interesting. Um, and he's being followed by two ghosts too. Yes, the American spirit and the first Bruce Carter. So yes, he's got two ghosts following him, which was which was interesting. And the American spirit, like I thought it would be a good, but it seemed like it was more of a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, it was like the old classic, you know, angel on one shoulder, devil on another one. It was. It was interesting, um, but and I he did, knows he's gonna die, and I keep saying you're gonna die, you're gonna die. Yes, and he eventually dies because I actually did look ahead on it. He does d- eventually die, but it, it ends with a with a spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> it ends with a little with a little uh, fight. You know, the dynamic man. He throws the urn, and all these guys are set free, and you know the heroes are are fighting with dynamic man, and then I know they're not very fond of Bruce too. I know they want to kill him off as well. It's well, yeah, so basically Dynamic Man and uh, his family, they're fighting the llama and, uh, you know, and Bruce. And then all, all, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, comes the Black Terror. He starts attacking Bruce. But yes. then Dynamic Man starts attacking the Black Terror. And there is that line in the Black Terror says, like, well, I'm going to eventually kill the Fighting Yank, but first I want to kill the Green Llama. Yeah. I mean, I mean not the Dynamic Man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of swerves. <laughs> it was like an episode of Monday Night Raw like five years ago, <laughs> like a main event, like Big Show heel turns and face turns. And, um, <laughs> but I thought it was it was definitely different, um, and definitely not something I would pick up normally. Um, I did like the fact that I learned and discovered new superheroes from the past that didn't quite hit that level of popularity that stride like Nick Fury and, you know, the Howling Commandos did or like Captain America. And you know what I mean? They were just kind of lost in the shuffle. Were any of them on like major, uh, um, comic book companies and, and then just kind of got lost? Let's see. I'm going to look up, um, I'm going to look at, what's his name? The Fighting Yank. Um, I mean, the, his first appearance, one of his first appearances, September, September 1941, was for a company called Startling Comics. Okay. Um, look at that, 10 cents a book, too. Um, another one, Nidor Comics, uh, Timely Comics. Exciting Timely comics. was Marvel. That is true. So, so, that is true. So he appeared for Timely? Yes, very low. It's fine. I wonder how many characters that, like, Timely didn't keep when they turned into Marvel that people could, you know, use. Right. Which, yeah, that, I am curious about that. I'm sure there's there's probably a bunch. I would I would like to look that up. Green Llama is from Double Detective Comics. Okay. And Black Terror was from Exciting Comics. Okay. So very obscure comic book company names. Well, and they Moonstone were... Publishers as well. Okay. 
they were all, and they weren't like together when they were published, but they just, this dynamite, um, I think Dynamite Comics is the the producer of this storyline. Yeah. Um, they just picked up all these random heroes that were not being used used and gave them a story, and apparently it did well enough. Where here we are, I mean, ten years later, and they're coming out with a second volume to it. So maybe they're giving it a nice little go again. But I mean, yeah, some of these other ones. It, it actually was a DC comic for a little bit. Um, Bruce Carter was um, interesting. Yeah. AC, this says AC Comics. AC Comics as well. Yeah, pump some stuff out for them for a little bit. Um, but it looks like Dynamite's in can, kind of control now there. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. I mean, it's another comic book company, and I'm actually really, I'm actually really glad it was suggested. Um, something like that. Not, I. We could have got anything. Um, essentially, non non Marvel, non DC, but still pretty popular. But like, it was nice to read and learn. It's a little comic here. book history, you know. All yeah, and modernized. And you know what? The the art was beautiful. Um, Alex Ross, who's famous, he had that really famous Justice League cover, I think, I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, uh, now I want to know what comic it was. Oh, I forgot which one it was. But the cover was gorgeous. It was like a – it was almost like a 3D effect, uh, so to speak, just this 3D art, sty- art style. And it was visually – Gorgeous. I have a blanket of that artwork. I can't remember what it's from though. I can't remember. Let's see. It might have just his, been... his Joker work is just always amazing too. Yeah. It might have just been for a thing. Like I literally, I I have that um, as oh Kingdom Come. Yes, yes, that's what it was. I have it as a hat, and I have it as a blanket, and then the blanket flips over, and it's all the villains on the other side. Is it really? I love it. Oh, dude, that's so cool. I'm looking at the poster right now, and it's still beautiful. And actually, the Justice League movie that came out um, last year, they made a poster inspired by that, that the filter, the, the artwork, so to speak. Um, but let's rate it, guys. Let's give it a rate. Let me get this all set up. Um Chris, let's let's start with the art, obviously, because um, we're talking about that now. I'm gonna give it a ten. Uh, I love Alex Ross art, and I think it stands out. It's very iconic, and when people see his work, they know it's him. You know what I mean? I, I knew right off the bat as soon as I seen that cover, I'm like, this has got to be an Alex Ross thing. And lo and behold, it was um, gorgeous. So I'm gonna give it a ten. Um, really good art. Uh, I'll give it a nine. I think the llama stuff was a little not, you know, it's a little lost in the air. Yeah. But other than that, that was really good. Okay. I'd go 10 as well. Okay. Yeah. I really like just like, look, even just looking at it now, like there's some stuff I really enjoy and even, um, the American spirit, like that is, that's cool. a, it's just to be able to like, just make like a floating American flag look like it has like substance to it yeah. on a page is awesome. Like it's just a cloak and there's nothing underneath the cloak, but yeah. it feels like there isn't it. It's really cool. I think it's really cool. Artwork. You know, I try to look up the history of the American spirit too. And I, I didn't find much on it. I don't know if it was a subtle reference to Captain America, which I may think it was. Cause I, I legit could not find any history on it. I could be mistaken. Um, but you know what I mean? That was that time period where it, obviously they can't use cap and this. It might have been a subtle reference, you know, somehow. Uh, moving on to action. Very, it was minimal. Um, and the fighting scenes were 
They were alright. I mean, nothing, nothing special by any means, but they were alright. I'm gonna give it a, a seven. Um, I'll give it a six. Six? Yeah. I mean, cause the first fight scene was really like, uh, do we really want to fight? And then Black Terror came in. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I'll give it a six. Okay. I would say a six as well. Six as well. I like that, the one panel though, where it's just filled with people. Like, there looks like, yeah. there's like a hundred people and yeah. they're going at once. It's really well done. It's Again, like the it dynamic the family art, or whatever. It's really <laughs> cool. Um, story. I think, I mean, it's down, you know, there's gonna be more to read down the road. I mean, or we can actually pick it up whenever we want. Um, it set up something that I'm I'm personally interested in because, like I said, I really like the old superheroes um, being brought forth. I know I said it a dozen times already, um, but I think it develops into something very nicely. Um, I'm going to give the story a seven on it. Um, I will. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, the ghost stuff was a little confusing. Yeah, uh, some of the intro stuff really until you. Figured it out. It was very, it was a little confusing. Yeah, uh, I'll give it a six. Okay. Uh, t- t- all right, Greg. I will concur with Gullo, and I'll say six on that. It was a little harder to just like jump into and, and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, some some comics, it's a lot easier to do that. This, this I think there's so there much actually, dialogue. There is a preview uh, preview issue too. Cool. Zero zero. Um, which I mean we could have started with, but I feel like zero usually always comes after one. You know, it just kind of explains everything that's going on, so to speak. So, I mean, it's something to read maybe after. So, yeah. figure it out. Um, dialogue. I liked it. I, it helped. It helped the story, I think. Helps you. Like I said, it was a little confusing, but once you finally kind of figured out what was going on, the dialogue made more sense. It helped out. I'm going to give the dialogue a seven. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to concur with you, Seven. Um, it was not hard to follow, but some of the stuff was, if you didn't really know the history, it was a little weird. Yeah. Seven. Let's go Sevens across the board. There's a lot of dialogue. Definitely, like, yeah. on each panel, I feel like there's a ton there. There was a lot to read. Um, and if you can stay invested with that much in a comic book, because most people don't read read comic books, so they don't have to do a lot of yeah. reading. That's the dialogue's got to be pretty solid. So without a doubt, um, rereadability. This is going to be a little low for me. Um, like I said, it was it was an interesting read. It. I'm going to compare it to the first book I did today, the team up. Um, good first read, but would I pick it up again? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with a five on this one. Um, like I said, good story, not quite my cup of tea. Um, but it did help me expand my horizons. Um, I hate to say this, but like I feel like for an indie comic, it has to be different than everything else. And right. I think that was the cool thing that surprised you with Jarhead the Hunger. It oh, was, Jughead, yeah. Your Jughead, yeah. It was, yeah. It's a totally different book. Yeah. <laughs> it was different. Um, this was just like I had a feel of, you know, a justice, you know, um, just a Society of America story. I got a Watchmen vibe. An Invaders, a Watchmen vibe. Yeah. Like that type of stuff. So I'd, I'd give it a five. Okay. All right. And how about you, Greg? I'll say just on the simple fact that this like looks like it's setting up something bigger, I would say a six just because there is so much. I feel like this is one of those, if you continued to read it, 
you would definitely have to go back and reread some stuff to kind of catch what yeah, you missed. Yeah, it would help. Yeah, help previous issues make more sense. So I would, I think I would say a six. Okay. D. All right. Six. Uh, I gave it a overall score of 36 out of 50, which is actually better than my previous, any, the one, other ones I did today. Um, Gallo, I'm amassing your grade now. Amassing. It's a good word. Fancy word. Fancy word. I gotta sound intelligent. It's late. (laughs) I know. It was a little creepy. It's getting late. I'm pooped, man. Uh, (laughs) 34 out of 50. Um, for Gallo and Greg, 10 plus 6 plus 6 plus 7 plus 6. 35. 35 out of 50. All right. So there you have it. Scott Myers, thank you for the recommendation. Uh, we'll be looking for more. Um, Please, please send us recommendations. Keep help us expand our knowledge so we can help others expand their comic knowledge. Um, we're talking a long time. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the longer ones. Yeah, it's okay. Our that beginning tirade. It's okay. You know what? I I didn't hate it at all. Um, anything you guys want to say to close the show? Um, just you know, like I said, this has been really cool. Like going to these comic book shops and experiencing new things it's like you know so like i said i had the reverse feeling where like like wow new comics are really cool last week but old comics i don't know <laughs> and then this week i'm like wow like you flip i really you know i think we take that the the 2000 to like 2010 era like for granted like, even the I, 90s for i comics. think yeah but i think this hercules spider-man thing i think it was before it was the movie boom and no one really it was a, probably a really slow period yeah i think we take it for granted like this was awesome and it, it, this was just so much fun and it was just a, a cool little versus you know to give you a buy a hercules comic book yeah and i'm like you told it and it was actually it came off like a really great story so i'm glad you liked it um if I can find it, or I might even borrow it from you. I'm probably before you. Okay. All right. Thanks, buddy. Um, Greg, anything from you, bud? I would say what I've been saying. Buy and buy obscure. Buy something different, like we said. Adventure. Uh, also, if you don't know where to start, I will plug. Uh, in September, the end of September, Justice League is doing a seven-issue event. Um, Heroes in Crisis. I know Spider-Man is about to do the Spider-Geddon event. There is a Spider-Man Typhoid Mary event about to start that I saw by looking at Gullo's comic. Um, <laughs> there's a couple other. Look for those events. A lot of times that's a good way to get plugged in yeah. um, and get you excited. And events always like highlight minor characters too, to be honest. So definitely, yeah, check that out. Um, if you if there's other things, if you want to go DC Marvel, and yeah, give us something cool. Look up, you know, make us make us adventure a little bit. Come on, goal is to show me some more. Yeah, I was showing him X Men Black, which is coming out in October, uh, which so looks awesome. Black Label DC, like there's so many good events going on right now. Ugh. Without a doubt, so, yeah, we could talk about it all day, but uh, I think we got we, I think we got our fill in today, guys. Yeah. Um. So there's football. Until, yeah, there is football. I gotta catch it. It started late tonight too. Oh, did it? Yeah. it started rain at nineteen. Rain delay. So let's go catch that, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to the panel discussion. Um, on behalf of Chris, Greg, and myself. Um, thank you for listening to the panel discussion. And I can't wait for you to hear what we have to bring to you next week. Ciao.